right. Well, let's take our Bibles this morning and let's go to the little book of First Thessalonians. All right, First Thessalonians chapter five this morning is where we will be, and we have finished up. We finished up last Sunday actually on the uh, study that we've we've been going through since um, I don't know a while back, maybe Juneish, I guess, but since this past summer of the miracles of Christ found in the gospel records. And we looked at about 35 of them. And, uh, but it was a great study. Encouraged me highly, and I hope it helped you as well. But as I've been praying about where to go next, uh, my heart and mind, I believe, under uh, leading of the Lord, leading us this way. Uh, but my heart, my mind's been going towards the little book of Jonah. I know you're turning to 1 Thessalonians, but that's where I've been thinking about going, reading and what, whatnot. But looking at the book of Jonah. And just know that that little book in the Old Testament is a wonderful little book. I'm telling you what, it is full of adventure. Because not every day that you read of someone getting swallowed by a whale and live to tell about it, all right? And it's a, it's a wonderful book, full of adventure. It's full of um, God's grace and mercy and love. As you see God give his prophet Jonah a second chance, I'm thankful, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful we, have a, we serve a God of second chances. Uh, but it's a wonderful little book of love, grace. You can see that in the prophet Jonah's life. You can see it in the life of that, of that wicked city, Nineveh, as God grants them repentance and they believe God. And the whole city has revival, gets right with God. It's amazing to see. It's exciting to read. And I'm excited to dive into that book very soon. And probably will be the first of the year when we get to it, all right? But, uh, but before then, my heart and mind has been thinking about the season that we're coming up, coming up to, or the, the, uh, the holidays we're coming up to. And what's the next season we're coming to? Someone tell me. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Man, I like Thanksgiving. Who here loves Thanksgiving? Anybody? Me too. Who here? Is it your favorite holiday, yes or no? Someone tell me. Favorite holiday. A few of you. All right. Favorite holiday. I really enjoy it. My favorite holiday would be Christmas. But I really do enjoy Thanksgiving. Uh, getting around with family and, uh, and with friends. And, of course, eating those delicious delicacies that only come out this time of year, you know. And uh, I enjoy those times. Enjoy the enjoy time with family and friends. But really, this time of year, when we think of Thanksgiving, uh, during this season, though we enjoy family, and we enjoy friends and fellowship, and we really enjoy the food we get to, get to eat. This time of year, this season of Thanksgiving, uh, shouldn't just be those things. But it should be a time we reflect and be thankful. It's even in the Word. But we should be thankful, thankful people. And church, listen, I've already said it before, but we have much, much to be thankful for. Do we not? Are all seven of you? That's good. Now I'm going I'm to count to three, and I want you to tell me something you're thank, thankful for. I'm going to give you about five seconds to think about it while I waste time talking. All right, but think of something you're thankful for, and on the count of three, tell me all at once, out loud. All right, one, two, three. Great. That's fantastic. I've got a lot of things I'm thankful for as, as well. I am thankful. Now, Again, being thankful shouldn't just be limited to this season. It shouldn't be something we just do this, this time of year. Rather, listen, being thankful should be something we do daily. The Bible says this in Ephesians 5.20, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Hebrews eleven fifteen. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Understand, sometimes when you, when you give God thanks, it can be sacrificially. Because you don't always want to. Anybody understand what I'm saying? But you always should. We should be thankful people and give him thanks continually. But the question is, are we? This morning, let me ask you this. Are you a thankful Christian? Are you a thankful believer? Are you doing so on a daily basis? Are you a thankful believer? Let's look at our text this morning in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we're going to be in verse number 18, all right? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the last chapter of this book, chapter 5, and look at verse 18 with me. The Bible says this, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's pray together. Our Father, again, we come to you in the name of all names, in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. And we come asking you to help us to understand the scripture this morning and apply it to our lives. And may the Holy Spirit, which is our teacher, open our eyes to the word of God and help us this morning. Because Lord, without you, we can do nothing. Please stir our hearts and help us to see and help us to be thankful believers. We love you. Thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now from this text, the first thing I'd like for us to consider is this. Number one. Consider this, consider the command of this verse, all right? Consider the command of this verse. Now, as Paul is finishing up this last chapter of this uh, great book of of the Bible, this, this, this letter to the Thessalonians, as he's finishing up this last chapter, he ends this letter with um, several principles. And he gives these principles in, in a form of, of a command. Let me, let me read them to you. Look at verse 16. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So before that last amen, he gives several, several commands. And which one of them right in the middle of is in verse 18. He says, in everything, give thanks. Now understand, when it comes to giving thanks in everything, this is not just an emotional thing. It goes beyond our emotions. We can't wait until we feel good or feel like being thankful. We can't just wait till we have an emotional rush to give thanks to God. Listen, being thankful goes beyond emotion. It goes beyond all of that. It goes beyond just a word. It goes beyond just a Christian expression. Because this action of giving thanks is a command from the Bible. It's a command from God himself. Listen to these verses about giving thanks. In Psalm 100 and verse 4, the Bible says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful 
unto him and bless his name. Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Colossians 3.17, and thanks to his name. Understand, giving thanks, being thankful for the believer is a command by God himself. And you may be thinking, listen, preacher, I know this. I know as a believer, I should be a thankful Christian. I know God wants us to be thankful. I know God tells us to be thankful. I understand that. Well, that's fantastic. I'm glad you do. I'm glad you know that. I'm glad you know what God expects from us as his children. But it's one thing to know them and another to obey them. The Bible says this in James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25. But be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. But be doers and not hearers. Doers and not hearers. Be a doer of the word. We should not just know these things, but we should apply these things and obey these things that God tells us to do. And here's one of them. Be ye thankful in all things, giving thanks in all things. So again, I ask you this morning, are you a thankful Christian? Are you obeying God in this area of your life of being thankful? Because look, whether we realize it or not, as believers, we have so much, so much to be thankful for. So much. And don't let, don't let Satan rob you or blind you to the fact you have much to be thankful for. Even if you're going through something so dark, listen, we still have much to be thankful for. So much to be thankful. So it's a no-brainer. I know, it's a no-brainer. That we are commanded and we know we should be thankful. So number one, consider the command of this verse. But number two, I want you to consider this, the context of the verse. So... Let me ask you, have you ever wondered when you're supposed to be thankful? Uh, as a believer, when you're supposed to be thankful when it comes to giving thanks to God? Do you, do you know when you're supposed to do that? Well, the Bible tells us plainly here in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and I'm thankful it tells us plainly because plain speech is easily understood. But it tells us plainly. Look again at verse number 18. What's the first three words of verse 18? Tell me all at one time. Ready? One, two, three. And everything. In everything. Say it again. In everything. One more time. In everything. In everything, give thanks. In everything. Now we know it's easier to give thanks and be thankful when things are going well. We know that. We know it's easier to say thank you, Lord, when the bills are paid. We know it's easier to say thank you, Lord, we praise your name. We got a little extra money in the bank this month. That's fantastic. Oh, Lord, it's a miracle. My family's not fussing today. What a wonderful thing it is. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Lord, I'm even getting along with my mother-in-law. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I can hear the, the angelic choir singing the Hallelujah Chorus. Amen. You know. <laughs> when things are going well, it's easy to say thank you and to be thankful. But when things are not, when the every things of life are not so easy, not so pleasant, when there's more month than money, when the health is not like it used to be or you think it ought to be, when life is just not so fair, when the elections don't go as you had hoped. Uh-oh, shots fired. Anyway, 
When things are not going like you anticipated or wanted them to, in those moments, are we supposed to be thankful in those times? Are we supposed to say, thank you, Lord, in those times? Surely God doesn't expect us to say thank you in the difficulties, to say thank you for the struggle, to say thank you, and you fill in the blank. Surely God does not expect to say thank you for these things. Surely. Well, understand something this morning that I hope will will help uh, clear up into the confusion. Look, Look again at the text in verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Understand this very first word in verse 18, it doesn't say for everything. But it does say in everything. Say it again with me this morning. In everything. One more time. In everything. It doesn't say for. But it does say in. So whether the circumstances are favorable or not, whether they're good or not, whether they're comfortable or not, even in those times that are so overwhelming, we can still be thankful. We may not be in control of the circumstances around us or even the motion that floods your soul that seems overwhelming in those circumstances, but understand something. We can control how we respond in those moments, and we can still be thankful in those times. So when are we to be thankful? In everything. In everything. All right, preacher, fine. I hear you. I know I'm to be a thankful Christian. And I hear what you're saying here. I, hear, I see what the Bible says and everything. Give thanks. And I know it can be thankful no matter the circumstances. But how in the world do you expect me to do that? How? How can I be thankful in everything? At even times that are going horrendously bad for me. How can I be thankful in this? Well, number three. I want you to see this. Here's how you can be thankful. Even in the midst of horrendous times. Notice number three. The Christ of this verse. Look at it again, verse number 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in, what's the next two words? Christ Jesus concerning you. Here Paul, I believe, is trying to get the believers here in Thessalonica and of course us today, trying to get us in this moment to look above our circumstances, not necessarily beyond them, but above. Listen, you focus on those things only, you will not be thankful. But if you get your eyes above those things and look and focus upon the Lord, get your eyes to Jesus, then you can find something, I'm sorry, someone to be thankful for. Get your eyes to the Lord. Look to Him. You'll find someone to always be thankful for. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 2 uh, 2 3, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider, here it is, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Consider him, look to him, think upon him, focus upon him. You know why so many people, uh, tend to be grumpy and uh, just looks like they've been sucking on lemons all day long, you know. You know those kind of folks just, mm. 
Even believers, even Christians. All right. You know why they seem ugh, so grumpy and just, mm, mm, mm. how you doing today? Mm. It's a good day, isn't it? Well, what's good about it? Uh, yeah, all right. Nice to see you. And you walk away. <laughs> you know how sometimes people seem to be grumpy all the time. Now, we have our moments. I'm not saying we don't. But I'm, I'm talking about that's this kind of consistent way of life. Here's why. Their focus is wrong. They're looking at what's happened to them. Or even what happened to them a hundred years ago. They got over it. I'm telling you what, bitter people, they're hard to be around. You know, bitter people, like kind of, they're like porcupines. They may have some good points about them, but man, you can't be around them, you know. They're hard to be around. Because they're always focusing on what happened to them, their circumstance, this or that and the other. Instead of focusing on God. I heard a story just recently after D.L. Moody uh, retired the pastorate and uh, the next pastor came in after him to be their pastor. He, he was not, of course, no one's going to be like the, the former pastor, you know, the D.L. Moody kind of thing. No one's like him. But he endured some um, difficult treatment and other things. And after a couple of years, he kind of fizzled out and left. And, but he went to see D.L. Moody. And he said, Mr. Moody, this has happened, that happened, they did this, they did that. This, this again happened down the road, this and that and the other. And finally, after he, he had vented uh, to Mr. Moody, Mr. Moody said, I understand, brother, but stay sweet. He's like, what? He said, yes, stay sweet. I understand this happened to you. I understand this is going on, but stay sweet. And he said, well, good night, man. How can I stay sweet and all this is going on? He said, because you're looking at the wrong person. You're looking at yourself. Stop looking in the mirror and get your face in the Word of God and see Christ looking unto Jesus. That's how you can stay sweet. Understand, when we give thanks in everything, it's not because we focus on those things, but it's when we focus on Christ. It's not when we focus on the situations, but we focus on the Savior. It's not when we focus on the circumstances, but we focus on Christ. Focus. On the Lord. And I promise you, you'll be less tempted to be, to be a grump. All right? You'll be less tempted to complain when you focus upon Jesus Christ. You can always find something to be thankful for. Take, for instance, several illustrations in Scripture can, be proved, can prove this point. But take, for instance, Paul and Silas there in Acts chapter 16. As Paul and Silas have come to the area of Philippi, they have preached the gospel. They have helped set people free from the bondage of Satan and the bondage of darkness. Doing nothing but good for the work of the Lord, yet that cost them. And they found themselves in prison. They were beaten and put in shackles. And you would think, sure, it's okay, guys. We get it, man. We know where you're at. We know what you've endured. It's okay to have a little pity party. It's all right to go ahead and complain a little bit. No one's going to blame you guys whatsoever. But what did they do in the midst of that prison in Acts chapter 16? I can promise you their minds were not on the shackles. Their minds were not on the beating, uh, the beating they just received. It wasn't on the prison in which they were in. No, their mind was on Christ. And the Bible says this. In Acts 16, 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. It really sounds like to me that these guys were able to give thanks in everything. Why? Well, their focus was is upon the Lord. 
How about Job? As you go to the Old Testament, you can see after Job losing everything, losing his family, losing his farm, losing all his finances, everything he had. Again, no one would have blamed him for being ungrateful or even hateful. Even his precious, encouraging wife said, curse God and die. Now, I don't think she was being malicious with that. I think she really did care for her husband and hated to see the suffering he was enduring. But no one would have blamed him to, to curse God and die. No one would have blamed him for that. But again, Job would not do that. Why? His focus was not on himself. It stayed upon the Lord. The Bible says in Job chapter 1, verse 20 through 22, Then Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground, and worshipped, and said, Naked came out of my mother's womb, naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Again, it sounds like to me that in everything, in all of this, in everything, Job was able to give thanks. Why? Because he fixed his mind upon the Lord and not upon the circumstances that surrounded him at the moment. So when you do that, you can find something to be thankful for, someone to be thankful for, and you can give thanks in all things. So again, the question is this, are you a thankful Christian? We've been commanded to be. We see the context, it's supposed to be in everything. And we see the Christ of it, when we focus upon Him, you will find someone to be thankful for, but are you? There's one last thing I want you to see in this text this morning. Lastly, and number four, I want you to see this. Number four, see the concern of this verse, all right? See the concern of this verse. Now, you may be saying concern. What do you, what do you mean by concern, preacher? Do you mean like concern as your, the, the worry of the verse or the anxiousness of, of Paul in the verse? Or what do, you, what do you mean by concern? Well, it's not worry or anxiousness I'm talking about. No, what I mean when I say concern of this verse is this, the purpose of it. Now look again in verse 18. In everything give thanks... For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. What's the next word? Concerning. Concerning you. Concerning you. Understand our great God is an all-wise God. The only, the Bible says, the only wise God. Several times in Scripture you'll find that phrase given to God. The only wise. You can find it in Jude 25. To the only wise God our Savior be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. We have a wise, all wise, only wise God. He knows what's going on in your life and around your life. And listen, He has a purpose for it all. He has a purpose and because he has a purpose for your life, he will allow certain things into your life to mold you, to shape you, to help you. Because listen, we're all still a work in progress. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.18, I'm sorry, 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship, and we're in a work in progress who here, you have made it. You have made it in your Christian life. Anybody? Okay, good. I was going to say thank you for being from heaven this morning. Appreciate it very much. We're all in a work in progress, right? We've got some rough edges that need to be taken off. Anybody like me have a few rough edges need to be hewn down, chopped down, maybe with a little sandpaper, others with a chainsaw. We've got some rough edges that need to be taken down. We're a work in progress 
And these things that come in our life sometimes are allowed by God for that very, very purpose. And listen, those things, those all things moments in, in verse 18, they can be, listen, they can be, they can be for our good. Again, the Bible says in Romans 8, verse 28 through 29, we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed into the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Listen, God so desires to see, when he looks at you and me, so desires to see his Son. He wants to make us more into the image of his Son. That's what God wants. And God allows these times in our life to do just that. We looked at it this past, uh, last Sunday night. But we looked at the, uh, something that Paul talked about, his weakness. And he said when he was weak, he was strong. But he gave a more specific uh, reason behind that weakness. And he talked about his thorn in the flesh. And we know that Paul, he was struggling really bad with that thorn in the flesh. It was painful for him. It was a messenger of Satan that came to inflict pain upon Paul. But we know that Paul begged God three different times to take it away, that it might depart. But the Lord said this. Instead of saying, I'll take it away, or even instead of saying really no, he said this, my grace is sufficient for thee. Meaning God's grace is enough. Meaning that God has more grace than you do pain. And it's enough. God will take care of his own. But with this thorn of Paul... Understand God was going to allow it to continue in his life. It was at this moment, listen, it was, it's hard sometimes to, for our mind to wrap around it, but it was God's will at this moment for Paul. Why? For a greater purpose. For a greater purpose. And here is that purpose. It was this, to keep Paul humble. To keep him humble. Why would he need to be humble? Well, Paul even, even admitted, he says, because the abundance of the revelations that were given to him. There was given to him a thorn in the flesh. Understand Paul, he could have been tempted just like you and I to be puffed up with pride. With all the revelations, all the things he was getting from God to write down and pin down into the word of God. All those revelations, he could have been tempted to be puffed up with pride. And we know how deadly pride is. Listen, pride made the devil the devil, all right? Uh, we know how deadly it can be, but God, God needed for a greater purpose for Paul to be humble. Why? Because God had so much more for Paul to do. So many more mission trips for him to go on. So many more people for him to reach. So much more Bible for Paul to write. You see, at that moment when he's still suffering and enduring that thorn in the flesh, he had not written Romans yet. He had not written Philippians or Ephesians or Colossians or Philemon yet. He had not written First and Second Timothy yet or Titus. He had not written those books yet. Let me ask you a question. Uh, of those list of books, have you gotten any help from any of those? Anybody at all? If you're breathing, I hope you can raise your hand. All right. I've gotten tremendous help from the book of Romans, Philippians, Ephesians, so many others. It's tremendous help. All these books. But he hadn't written them yet. And God needed him to be, continue to be a humble man for that purpose. To write and to serve and to work. God has much for him still to do. But what did Paul? What did Paul do in the midst of this thorn, in the midst of this time? Really, it was God's will for him to go through this and endure this. What did Paul do in the midst of that? He said this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 through 10. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, 
For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And here's what Paul, his here, this is Paul's response to when God said, my grace is sufficient. Here's his response. You ready? Paul said, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches, necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. But again, this goes, this goes against our natural fallen flesh. But listen, we can be thankful in all things. Why? Knowing, knowing that God has a greater purpose behind some of these things that we go through and endure. The greater purpose for Paul and Silas, we'd, we may mention just a minute ago, Paul and Silas being in the prison there in Philippi and suffering there. The greater purpose behind that was this person, the jailer and his family. And there was a church planted. God had a greater purpose behind it. No wonder they could give thanks in all things. God has a greater purpose. He knows the beginning from the ending. He knows the future. He knows what he's doing. You can give God the glory in those times. Even with Joseph and the horrendous treatment he faced by his own brothers and by Potiphar and by Pharaoh himself. He had a greater purpose behind it. God had a greater purpose behind all of that. And here's what Joseph said in the end. He said in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. To bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. And the overall harsh treatment of Paul in his life, God had a greater purpose behind all those perils he faced. Remember, as he's writing to the Corinthian believers, there was a greater purpose behind it all. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12 through 14. But I would, you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me, all these terrible things that have happened to me, have fallen out rather. They have a purpose. Fallen out rather. And here's the purpose for the furtherance of the gospel. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. All I'm trying to tell you this morning in this point that God knows what he is doing. And you and I can trust him even in those uncertain times of life. Therefore, we can be thankful in everything. We can. And it needs to start now. You're here this morning. I don't know what you're going through, but God does and you do. But even in that moment, you can be thankful. As you look to God, as you focus upon Him, as you consider Him, there's always something to be thankful for. Always. And like Paul and Silas, you can sing praises unto God continually. Even in the midst of your prison, you can't. There's always something to be thankful for. So let me ask you this morning. What is it you can think about that you can thank God for? What is it? I want you to think about it. Right now, think about it. I'm going to encourage you to do a couple things. Number one, I want you to thank Him for it. Number two, I want you to write it down. Maybe you need to write it down in your Bible. Put down the date. What you're thankful for, because it could be in a week's time, month's time, year's time, decade's time, you'll need to look back at that little note you scribbled in your Bible and said, Lord, I was thankful for this. And here's what I was going through. But I'm still thankful. Because God, you're good. 
Still thankful because God, your loving, your mercy endures forever. Lord, I'm thankful because of who you are. You can be thankful. So I want to encourage you this morning to be a thankful Christian. Not just during this season, but daily. Giving thanks to God always. As the writer of Hebrews said, praising God and thanking Him continually, daily. He daily loadeth us with benefits, as the psalmist said. So much to be thankful for. So what is it you're thankful for this morning? Write it down and thank God for it. God help us be thankful Christians. Our Father, we thank you.